गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम Bhishma Pitama has started answering our King Yudhishthira. He has already given out three shlokas. In the third shloka, <clears throat> Anadhi Nidhanam Vishnum Sarvaloka Maheshwaram लोकाध्यक्षम स्तुवन नित्यम सर्व दुखादिगो भवेत द थर्ड क्वेश्चन दैट युधिष्ठिर आस्ट स्तुवंतः कम हुम शुड बी प्रेस सो अनाधि निधनम विष्णुम प्रेस दैट लॉर्ड हु इज नोन एज विष्णु What is so special about this Vishnu? So here, in the next shloka, Bhishma Ji tries to give the greatness of Vishnu. Of course, the entire Vishnu Sahasranam is nothing but his greatness. But then here, to answer specific that question, to answer to that specific question that Yudhishthira asked, he is enumerating the great quality of Bhagavan Vishnu. So he says, repeat after me. Brahmanyam sarvadharmagnyam Lokanam kirti vardhanam Lokanatham Mahadbhutam Sarvabhuta Bhavodbhavam Brahmanyam for those people who are tuned to that Brahma Chintana, Brahmanyam to such people, he is quite accessible. Sarva Dharmagnyam, he is the embodiment of Dharma and he is also the knower of all Dharmas. Sarva Dharmagnyam. Lokanam Kirti Vardhanam, for this entire creation, for all the Lokas, he is the actual glory of all these different Lokas. Loka Natham, he is the glory of the Lokas and also that he is the one who blesses all these Lokas. Loka Natha. Natha also means the owner of this entire Lokas. Loka Natham, 
महत महत बिगर देन द बिगेस्ट भूतम भूतम इट इज फ्रॉम द रूट वर्ड कॉल्ड भू धातु भूत दैट विच एग्जिस्ट इट इज नॉट द हिंदी भूत विच विच ट्रांसलेट्स टू बी अ घोस्ट भूतम दैट विच एग्जिस्ट सर्वभूत भवोद्भवम फॉर दिस एंटायर क्रिएशन ही इज द प्रेजेंट ही इज द पास्ट एंड ही इज द फ्यूचर भूत भवोद्भवम ही इज द कॉज for all these creation so now going into the deeper meaning brahmanyam <clears throat> for all those people who are dedicating their life in tapas in penance because of their penance bhagwan is very favorable towards them tapase shruyate shrutaye va hitam he is very close to them and how close is he so the very mantra that we chant bhur bhuvasvah tatsavitorvarenyam bhargo devasya dhimahi dhiyo yo na prachodayat how close is he to these people who are spending their time on this tapas in this penance he shines forth as our buddhi by mistake when there is a spark of clarity in our head understand that lord has taken a special grace on us on that day whenever there is something that is so obvious but does not very clear i'm talking about life and living not some spectacles that you have lost and it was obvious but it was not clear and then you found it something more substantial when that breakthrough happens because of that clarity that is because of his very grace brahmanyam sarva dharmagnyam सर्वान धर्मान जानाति इति सर्वधर्मज्ञ द वन हू नोज ऑल धर्मस दैट विच इज रिलेटेड टू दिस फिजिकल वर्ल्ड एज वेल एज टू दी स्पिरिचुअल वर्ल्ड एटर्नल कॉन्सेप्ट इफ ही इज द वन हू इज द क्रिएटर ऑफ दिस एंटायर यूनिवर्स those who build bridges should know the bridge shastra what do you call it? civil engineering those who build the rockets and they should know lots of different schools of thoughts different schools of sciences those who dwell deeper into the body and that too there are now specializations i used to tease that my doctor friend that you know there's so many streams of specialization that has come that soon you go to a 
ear specialist they'll say no i am only right ear specialist <laughs> my neighbor is the left ear specialist so you have to know these different things now the one who has created all this tapasa chiyate brahma sorry tapo brahme divya janat now that supreme expressing as the creator did the tapas in acquiring all these dharmas and knowledge and then started creating that is the beauty there there are three shaktis right ichha shakti kriya shakti and gnana shakti that's the only difference between paramatma or ishvara and us sequencing order is ishvara sequencing disorder is jiva that's all what am i talking about ishvara the first sankalpa to become many bahusyam praja yeyeti ichha shakti then he did not jump directly into action but instead he did tapas to acquire the knowledge of all these different dharma shastras and then executed it into this beautiful world that we live in sarva dharmagnyam this is from the standpoint of ishvara from the absolute standpoint all this knowledge all the vedic knowledge and everything that we can interact with tena nishvasitavyam it all expressed as his breath which was coming out sarva dharmagnyam that whose very life breath is knowledge such one is the dharmagnya lokanam kirti vardhanam <clears throat> is a very beautiful usage here very rarely you find this kind of usage of this entire world the glory is enhanced by his presence that which is created we see its glory and wonder at it like have you gone to grand canyon until you go there you don't understand why it is called grand you see the photographs it doesn't do justice to it and from the top when we see that river that is flowing you we assume that it is a rivulet you get down closer to that river man it is gigantic and from there you look up such a spectacle it is such a marvelous spectacle it is you look at these various wonders i'm not talking of the man made wonders i'm talking of the natural wonders such amazing what do they call it in alaska or canadian you know the, the aurora lights so such spectacle it is to watch it when just looking at it it, it the, the beauty of it but here they are talking about something much more deeper 
They are saying, all this beauty comes from, all this spectacle comes from somebody who is beauty incarnate himself. Somebody who is a, a grandeur in presence. And now in a, at a very uh, microcosmic level, at our individual level, we take things for granted, don't we? We all can see. Do we appreciate seeing? We all can hear. All the faculties that we have, they are functioning seamlessly, effortlessly. Who is it that is enabling them to function such seamlessly? Even if there is a little imbalance in any, any part of our body, whenever we go through whatever imbalance, I am not talking of mental, I am talking only of physical imbalance. At that moment we feel nothing worse than this. Toothache, nothing worse than this. Migraine, nothing worse than this. When we walk, there is a sense of balance to us. We're going through a slope or climbing up. The center of gravity is maintained. And that that is possible because of three little bones within our ears. Very small bones. Something happens to that bone. Everything goes haywire. What amazing balance that he has created. And because of whose presence, we have all these faculties. So all these functioning, whose glory is it? Lokanatham, lokanam, lokanam, praninam, kirti vardhanam. It is because of whose presence we see all this Kirti glory. So who is the actual glory of this entire universe? It goes only to that Lord. Lokanatham Mahadbhutam Sarvabhuta Bhavodbhavam Lokanatham Lokanatham The one who is The one who blesses this entire universe. So is there grace of Lord on everything that is is because of His grace alone. Everything that is is because of His grace alone. But in order to bask in that grace we need to put effort to tap into it. Like all these electric gadgets, they are all connected to electricity. When will the electricity grace through these instruments? When we turn it on. So, kinchit prayatnam, we have to put that effort to draw that grace. But equally he has given that grace unto everyone. Each one for themselves how much they can tap into it. He has not put any restrictions there. 
I think I am doomed. I think I am not blessed. I think God doesn't like me. God doesn't love me. How can God love people like me? These are some of the common things that we say in utter frustration. But God's love is equanimous to everyone. His grace is there on everyone equally. Because he is Lokanatham. He is the one who blesses everyone. Lokanam ishte itiva Lokanatha. The one who is the controller of this entire universe, therefore is called Lokanatha. What, what a controller. He can be the only one who can be called or branded as a benign dictator. Because many dictators, when they get that power, power brings in some kind of imbalance. And they do all kinds of funny stuff. He creates this universe, he creates each one of us, gives us our independence, our free will. And gives us what will happen if you use it or abuse it or not use it. And then lets us on our own track. He is not a micromanager. Who will come down and say, why did you do this? He has left the nature's law to take care of it. And how you deal with it? How you come cross that path? is in your hands. Such benevolent that he creates and gives that freedom so that we can express ourselves and grow naturally. For some the growth rate is little slower than the others. For some it is faster than the others. But each one unto their own speed. At least in this spiritual path don't compare with somebody else. You know, they, they say that they do 45 minutes of dhyan. It is not a competition. Can you sit with your mind completely absorbed? And it is not the quantity, it is the quality that is required. Can we spend that quality? Why? Lord has given that free will for each one to grow individually. Such benevolence, Lokanatham. Mahat, Mahat, Vishvot Karshane Vartamanatvat. That one, though he has become the world, though he has support the, supports the world, but yet he is above the worldliness which we will see further explained into the first word of the Sahasranama. Then we will go into further detail about that particular concept. Bhutam, Bhutam, Paramartha Satyam, that which is Satyam, Satyam, that which exists in all phases of time, meaning existential reality, Bhutam. 
Sarvabhuta Bhavodbhavam. He is the one who sustains Sarvabhutanam Bhavaha Samsaraha Yat Sakashat Udbhavati Tam. That from whom all this creation comes into being. Why should we worship him? Because he is the only one who knows what has been created for what. Whether it is for, you know, Sakama Puja or Nishkama Puja. Whether it is with desire or without desire that you worship him. For both, he is the only one who is capable of blessing. That supreme consciousness is the only one who can bless. See, the words and the meaning of it is so penetrating that it is not constrained to a form or to a being. Even the word Vishnu that has been said, it is because that which is all-pervading is called Vishnu. They are not limiting it to a form. Because all the Rishis, Sampradaya, even Bhishma's effort is not to create a religion or a, a system around a person. This is most universal. Samsaraha, the entire universe comes forth from him and he alone is the one who can bless us if at all there is anybody who can bless. Now moving forward to the fifth question that was asked. What was the fifth question? Te Mataha, in your opinion, O Bhishmaji, Kodharmaha Sarvadharmanam Bhavataha Paramo Mataha. In your opinion, which dharma is the most you know, cherished dharma that has to be followed? So, in answering that, he says, repeat after me. Yeshame Sarvadharmanam. Dharmo dhikatamo mataha Yad bhaktya pundari kaksham Stavaira chairna rasada Yeshame Sarva Dharmanam Dharmaha Adhikatamo Mataha. Even our Bhagavan Krishna was asked by Arjuna in the 12th chapter, O Lord, which path or which form is the most suitable, most cherished form of worship? 
Bhagavan Krishna also very beautifully answers it. He says, it does not matter what form or what path that you choose, but whatever you choose, Shraddhaya parayopetaha, teme yuktatamo mataha. In my opinion, it does not matter which, which form you worship, whichever form you worship, how much of Shraddha and faith you carry in to worship that form of God, that Shraddha counts. Every form that you are worshipping is nothing but that Paramatma alone. So how does it matter which form you worship is? Whichever suits to your mindset, pick that form and start worshipping. It is like Paramatma has several counters. Wherein he is available. Like when you go for a ticket purchase or there are several counters. Which counter do you get into? Whichever is logically closest to you. Right? Similarly, which form of God should I worship? Whichever form you feel closest in your heart. Pick that and start worshipping. So similarly he says here, this is my opinion. Of all the dharmas, this is the most beneficial dharma for the mankind. Yad bhaktya pundari kaksham stavaihi archaihi naraha sada. Naraha, human mankind, with the devotion in their heart, doing stuti, stavana, stuti, and archana of that paramatma who is pundari kaksha. Pundari kaksha, one simple meaning is the one who has beautiful eyes. The one who has beautiful eyes. This is a very superficial meaning. <clears throat> so, looking into its deeper meaning, that in my abhipraya, abhipretaha, abhipretaha in my opinion, in my mata, of all the dharmas, the most easy and favorable for the seeker in their life to follow. That dharma, I will tell you. And what is it? Yat bhaktya pundari kaksham. What does pundari kaksham mean? Hrut pundarikam. Pundarika means lotus. Which lotus are we talking about? It is, one meaning is pundari kaksha. Aksha means eyes, pundarika means lotus. The one who has lotus eyes. Here the deeper meaning is pundarika means hrit kamala, hrit pundarika. Right around this anahata chakra. Where is that anahata chakra? One we have the pumping heart. 
since it pumps blood, we can call it bloody heart. This is the pumping heart. The spiritual heart is right next to it, meaning literally right to it, right where the uh, ribs part, there is a cavity. That exact spot is called the spiritual heart. To make more sense, say somebody that you really love, really care for, is separating from you, going away from you. And this happens only for the first time. When they separate, you feel a certain heaviness, like a heavy stone on your heart. Where do you feel it? Wherever you feel, that is called spiritual heart. Easy to identify now. That is the seat of Anahata Chakra. That Anahata Chakra is also known as Hrut Pundarika, the lotus of heart. There, the Lord is shining forth. Prakashamanam Vasudevaha. That spark of consciousness which is seated in the heart of the lotus of our heart, from where all the spandan of the entire body, the conscious principle throbs out from, that Pundari Kaksha. What do we do? Guna Sankirta Lakshanaihi Stuti Bihi. So, whichever is the form of Lord that you love, whichever form, there is no restriction. Pick whoever you love. Devotees can get really fanatic about the forms also. <clears throat> so we have Ramji. Ramji in that particular portrait. He is called Vanavasi Ram. Vanavasi Ram who is wearing Valkala. Valkala meaning tree bark as his clothes has matted hair, does not wear jewellery. And one poet says the reason he loves that is that his true beauty is not covered under all these ornaments. Therefore, he would not prefer any other Rama other than Vanavasi Rama. So when such devotees come together and exchange thought, it is fun to sit by and watch. So the other one says, how cruel hearted are you? Just so that you could cherish his beauty, in your uh, dhyana, you are making him go through vana again and again? Such a terrible experience? So for them, Kalyana Rama. Kalyana Rama, usually the, the family photo, wherein he is sit, uh, he, next to him is Sita ji. And next, near his feet is uh, our Hanumanji. On his right is Bharata. Left is Lakshmana. You know, all the Rishi Muni are there blessing him. 
and he has just gotten coronated as a emperor. Kalyana Rama, who is you know who has gone through all struggles in life and now is peacefully seated there. Each one has their own liking. And you ask Meera Bhai, what devotee was she? Krishna devotee. But she did not like Laddu Gopal. You know, that small little Krishna who is on his four trying to... She did not like Venu Gopal. She did not like uh, Radha Gopal. What form of uh, Krishna did she like? There was one particular form that she loved. Mere to Girdhar Gopal. That kind of Krishna who is holding that mountain Govardhana on his pinky. On his little finger. That Krishna alone she loves. You know, some like only Bhadra Kali, the Kali Rupa. Some like Durga Devi, Ashtabhuja. You know, the eight limbs, eight hands, seated on a lion or a tiger. Some like in a saumya, in a in a pleasant form. That too in a in a bala, bala tripura sundari. She is in a very uh, like a child, the most cute, most adorable child. Some like it in Lalita, Lalita Devi. Raja Rajeshwari, she is seated on a Simhasana. We don't have any restriction. Whichever is the form that you can choose, that you feel closest to in your heart, that you think of God and that form, that, that image of that Lord immediately strikes in your mind. And after picking it, stick to that. <laughs> Don't keep jumping from one to the other to the other like a monkey from one branch to the other. After having picked one. Guna Sankirtana Lakshanaihi Stutihi How do you develop love towards God? I have that idol but you know there is no love for that Lord. How do I develop that love? Even in our Vyavahara, in our day to day life. There are things that we use. There are many things in that same fashion that are there. But there is one specific thing that you choose to use. Because it has pleased you. You like it. How did that liking to that vastu come about in your heart? First you hear about it. Then you experiment with it. You try it. You try various and then you come back and say, Now this I have tried. This is the most pleasing one. Everybody has a car. 
Don't we all have a car right now? We all have driven here. But each one likes one specific kind. Why? A special liking towards it. What has built that kind of liking in our heart? For some it is choiceless. <laughs> as soon as I came into this country, this was the first car that my husband bought me one. That too, it was a second hand. I am still driving it. But the others who have a choice, you go lean towards certain things. Why? Because you have heard lot about it. And that has made an impression. Similarly, the form of Lord that is closest to your heart, to develop more and more love, what do you do? Bhagwan Vedavyasji has done an amazing job for the entire humanity for that purpose. Pick any form of God or Goddess. For our convenience, he has chronicled all the possible stories about that particular form of God. So supposing you you have a inclination towards Lord Shiva. His entire Shiva Purana talking about Lord Shiva. The entire story about Lord Shiva. Then all the stories of devotees of Lord Shiva chronicled and compiled into one work. It is called Shiva Purana. Supposing you like Vishnu. So Vishnu Purana. Of all these different avatars of Vishnu, there is one specific that you like. It's a Rama. So read Ramayana. Though that was not by Vyasji. If it is Krishna, read Bhagavatam. Why? The more you learn about, the more you know the stories about the Lord. So somebody recently asked me, that Swamiji, all these big, big books, you know, I'll get to them. Can I start with Amar Chitrakatha? I said, please. If that is what, you know, gets you started into it, start with it. As you start growing fondness, that fondness about the Lord grows in you, the deeper we start researching and knowing that form of Lord. And once you know all these stories, you share with others. You narrate it to others. You think about them again and again. Guna Sankirtana Lakshanaihi Stutivihi Constantly involve in that thought of Lord and His Guna and Katha. So whichever is the form of Lord, there are enough great stories that you can think about. And then do the Stuti of that Lord. <clears throat> Sada Archeta Satkara Purva Karmachanam Satkara Purvakam Archanam As yesterday I was trying to explain the word Archana that the form that you invoke is that Supreme Paramatma in front of you. When that Supreme Paramatma is invoked right in front of you how should the Shraddha, how should the uh, 
the bhava bhi towards that particular form of Lord. That everything that you are doing is in communicating with that Lord. To start with, when we go to temples, we are busy one after the other, indulging in other processes that we have been conditioned in. Aren't we? As you enter, the first effort is ring the bell, get inside, do your whatever stuti. And then if there is uh, a priest, ask that priest to do some archana, which you have already prepaid for. As soon as that is done, then you take that and then go around the temple. And while you are standing there, the thought is, Oh Lord, I have this, but I don't want it. Make sure it gets away. I don't have this, make sure I get it. Oh Lord, I am not happy because of this or I am happy, I am seeking happiness, I need this, I need that. Constantly. Before even we can ask. Have you ever stood there and said, Oh Lord, so pleased to see you. I am really so pleased to be in front of you right now. How are you? Have you ever communicated with him? Talk to him? I don't have any complaints. I don't have anything that I have to bother you about. Just I'm, I love spending time in front of you. It is not wrong to ask of him. But other than that, have you ever communicated to him? The bhava. They say, <clears throat> Bhakta Namadeva was given by his dad who had to, who was the head priest of Pandharpur temple. <clears throat> so he had some work outside village. So he gave his son the job of feeding the Lord, Naivedya. Said, Beta, make sure that you feed this Naivedya to the Lord. He took it literally. He went into the temple. He did not know any process. He was just 5-6 year old. He knew that as they go into the temple, the priest put the curtain on. Just because you are feeding the Lord, you don't want everybody to be seeing. So he pushes the curtain, puts the food there. He doesn't know any kind of process. So he sits there and says, come, eat. Enough! I have been sitting here for five minutes. When are you coming to eat? Come eat! The pure innocence from which he calls out that Lord to eat. With the bhava that the Lord is there and he is being invited to eat. Many times for us it is just a conditioning. Conditioning wherein Om Pranaswa, Pranaswa, what if Lord will before he takes? <laughs> Probably even then with that thought also he will be pleased. Why? You have acknowledged his presence there. 
Many times there is no acknowledgement, there is no communication, there is no connection to that Lord. Archanam karoti manushyaha iti esha dharmaha. In my opinion, this connect, connecting oneself to that divine is the greatest dharma that you can think of. You follow all other dharmas. Manushya dharma, stri dharma, purusha dharma, then brahmacharya, grihastha, vanaprastha, sannyasa, brahmana, kshatriya, vaishya, shudra, all these different kinds of dharmas that you have laid out, you follow all that. But you don't have that connection with that divine. What good is that? What accomplishment is that? So Adi Shankaracharya very beautifully chants. He says, Manaschenna lagnam hare rangri padme tatakim 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 tatakim. If the heart does not connect to the feet of the Lord, so what if you have all these things that he lists out? Videshesu manyaha, Swadeshesu dhanyaha, Sadachara vritteshu matto pravrittaha, Manaschenna lagnam hare rangri padme, Tatakim, tatakim, tatakim. So we were taught this as So what stotra? So what is the question asked? You have accomplished a lot in Videsha. You have accomplished a lot in Swadesha. You are a moral citizen. Yes, you have Sattvic Sadhu Pravritti. But if the heart is not connected to that Lord, there will be that vacuum always. That in spite of having done all that, still there is nothingness within. This, in my opinion, is the greatest dharma to be followed. I have said this story even earlier, which is very apt, I think, at this moment. So I will relate it again in this point. Usually, there is this tradition in Maharashtra that from Pandharpur, it is from Alandi where Jnandev Maharaj has taken Sajiva Samadhi. He has entered the cave and he is sitting in Dhyana. From there, all the way till Pandharpur, there is a, a procession. Hundreds of kilometers, there is a procession. And there are thousands of people who do that. They avoid all cities, villages. Imagine thousands of them going through a village. The village will be ransacked. So they avoid all that. They follow their own path. The entire path, all of them, led by their leader, in unison, they are chanting Jai Jai Ram Krishna Hari. That one you know, syllable, Jai Jai Ram Krishna Hari, is repeated in various tunes. 
I had the opportunity to meet that spiritual leader of that group. We had just taken Brahmachari Diksha. And a group of us, we were there with him and said, why don't you join? We are Varkari. They call it, that procession is called Varkari. Our Varkari is starting in two days. Would you mind joining us? We thought, you know, it was such a good uh, timing. We had just finished our Vedanta course in Bombay, Sandipani. As soon as we got this opportunity, we joined him. And not everybody could do it for the entire procession, so we requested him. We will be joining for three, four days, not more than that. He said, "Fine, wherever you think you feel that you have to get back, I'll make sure that you have enough transportation arranged. The rest of them are walking. I said, I'll arrange a transportation for you to reach to the nearest uh, railway station or whatever." So the second day or so, I had woken up because you know, everybody sleeps under the trees, under the you know, tent, or there's nothing luxurious. So they go to the nearest pond, and their morning ablutions and everything is done. And I had the finished it way before that because I couldn't sleep properly. It was out of my comfort zone. I had woken up quite early. I was sitting there still waiting for everybody to wake up and that Mahatmaji woke up. See, I had the conditioning of two and a half years of Vedantic training. So, I see this Mahatmaji get up. First thing he does, he takes out his mala that he was wearing. He has not brushed, he has not taken a snana, nothing. Right on that bed as he woken up. And he takes that japa and you know for half an hour he does his japa, puts that mala back, folds his bed, goes, does his you know everything. And as he's going there, he observes that I am seeing him. So by after breakfast we started walking, and uh, as walking, you know, he was walking, he came walking next to us. And he gave the mic to somebody else to sing and continue. And then he put his arm on my shoulder. And he said, is it still bothering you? It must have been evident on my face. <laughs> that the display was very clear. And when he you know, pulled me out, right, like, you know, I didn't have anything to hide. I said, yes it is. What was bothering me? That without any cleanliness, he started doing dhyana. What kind of a Mahatma is he? See, he told me a standpoint which really changed my perspective. It is not that such disciplines are not to be followed, but understand the vision in that. He says, that before I can connect with anybody, anything in this entire world, my first connection is with the Lord. Then anything else gets its validity of connection. Without that connection to that Paramatma, nothing else is worth it. That connection is called the stuti and archana that he is talking about as the greatest dharma. So one might question, <clears throat> if you say that stuti and archana is sufficient, what about the other processes? 
you know there are so many other spiritual processes what about them so in, in answering that the vishnu purana says dhyayan krite in the krita yuga the process prescribed is dhyayan that is why you will see that there are these even the rakshasas in that time frame they would stand on one leg you know hiranyakashipu hiranyaksha they would neither believe in uh, vishnu or shiva they would worship brahma for different boons but their thing was dhyana in krita yuga yajan yagnaihi tretayam in the treta yuga it is yagna yaga the, the ramji also has performed so many yagnas so many yaga In hindi we will call it as havan so lots of havan that was the process in treta yuga dwapare tu archayan in dwapara yuga lot of elaborate puja vidhi yadapnoti tadapnoti kalau all that which was possible in all these different yugas in kali yuga sankirtya keshavam just by doing the nama japa of bhagwan and that is why our rishis very intelligently said when your children are born name them the names of lord don't go into the fancy thing i i saw this one fancy name avyanka and i scrambled in my head look through dictionaries and look through all possible avyanka it sounds very sanskritish but i couldn't find it then finally they asked the father said, what is the meaning of your daughter's name oh he said i was watching a football game and the my favorite uh, team sponsors company was avyanka so i named my daughter avyanka whatever be the purpose motivation the purpose for having the name of our children the lord's name in a day no in a, in in few minutes how many times do we keep repeating their names rama don't do this rama do that rama how many times do i have to tell you rama 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 rama, rama. invariably with whatever emotion you take that name you are thinking of that rama or repeating the name of that in this kali yuga this is the most 
most beneficial method is doing the stuti of the Lord. <clears throat> in fact, Manu in Manu Dharma says, Japahatu Sarvadharmebhya Paramadharmaha iti uchyate. Of all the dharmas, the japa and doing that japa in connecting with that Lord is the greatest dharma. So says even Manu Dharma Shastra. And of course our you know, Bhagavad Gita also says Yajnanam Japa Yajnosmi. Of all the sacred efforts, Bhagavan says he is, of course there is a beautiful meaning in that. You know, when you utter the name of Lord, there are different forms of Lord. Even the Shabda is an expression of Lord. So, when we are uttering the name of the Lord, He is taking Jihvavatara right on our tongue. He is taking the Avatara in the, na- in the form of Shabda. And by, you know, with by the complete devotion that we can develop when that name is chanted that takes us directly to that Paramatma. <clears throat> so he has given his Mata opinion of all the dharmas which is the most sacred dharma that which would be of greatest benefit for the entire humanity he says, Japa is the greatest method. <clears throat> now he is answering the next question. The next question is directly trying to answer the second question that he had asked. Kimva api ekam parayanam. Who is it that is the greatest abode that we should seek shelter under? Was the question. So, in answering to that, he says, repeat after me. Paramam yo mahatejaha. Paramam yo mahatapaha. Paramam yo mahat brahma. Paramam Yaparayanam. <clears throat> Do you know what is Bhagavan Ramchandraji's Ayana? Ayana meaning abode. Saket. He is called Saketapuri Rama. His abode is Saket. So, Ayana means home, abode. And that kind of abode which is not having even the constraints of Brahmaji. See, all the Indra Loka, Varuna Loka, all these different other Lokas, they get consumed when the time ends, when the Kala comes to an end. When the pralaya comes, all these lokas are merged into the Lord. So even those lokas, swarga ityadi, you know, do lot of punya here so that 
you can go up there and enjoy. Okay, supposing all your friends have, you are still studying and all friends have decided, you know, this summer we should all have a vacation in Vegas. So you get a heads up. So what do you do? All your expenditure now gets diverted. You know, a minimalistic approach so that you keep saving. So that you could go there and have a blast. A similar concept is going to Swarga. You do all the savings from here so that going up there you will have an amazing time. All these lokas, they don't stand the test of time. In time, they all should merge back. But the abode of Paramatma, Paramam Ayanam, the supreme most, that abode into which all these different abodes come and merge into That shelter, which shelters everything and anything, it is that great a shelter. Paramam Parayanam. And why is it that Parayanam? So the first three are the adjectives of this Parayanam. What are the three? Paramam yo Mahattejaha. Paramam yo Mahatejaha, the most illumining. And nothing in front of it has that kind of illumination other than its own self. So, when we do the Arati here, we do mention that. Natatra Suryo Bhati Nachandra Tarakam, Nema Vidyuto Bhanti Kuto Yamagnihi. Tameva bhanta manubhati sarvam tasya bhasa sarvamida vibhati. What are the natural sources of light? Surya Natatra Suryaha bhati. Even Lord in, uh, the Sun in all his splendor finds himself feeble. In front of your illumination. Even the Chandra and his illumination is feeble. Tarakam, all the stars in the galaxy, they emit light. Occasionally, Vidyutaha, Vidyutaha, the lightning, or Artificial in today's world, electricity, Vidyutaha. When all these different lights, O oh Lord, have not the capacity to illumine you, this little camphor that I am holding in my hand to illumine you, I know cannot illumine. In fact, this camphor is being offered to remind myself to merge in you without leaving a trace of my existence or ego. 
like when you take the true camphor and light it, at the end there is nothing left. So let me merge into you. That cannot be lit, that cannot be illumined by any of these sources. Why? Because you are Mahat Tejaha. You are the one because of whose presence they borrow illumination from. Like moon does not have illumination of its own. It borrows sun's light, transforms it, cools it and shines forth. Similarly, all these illumining objects get their illumination from you because you are the source. Mahattejaha. Paramamyo Mahattapaha. Mahattapaha. There are two meanings. Tapa means, and the basic meaning still remains the same. Patapa means penance. When the seeker is doing it. And when the Lord is claimed as Mahattapa, what does that mean? Tapayati. Tapayati. Even when we are doing penance, that is what we are doing. We are actually trying to burn away. See, when you stand in front of the mirror after the shower, you have your Swarupa Darshana. And when you have the Swarupa Darshana, you don't, you are not pleased with yourself. So, what do you do? You do the tapas of reaching nowhere. No treadmill. You run and run and run, or you reach nowhere. What are you trying to do there? Burn the calories. Tapa. Tapa means to burn away. That is in a physical sense. But at a spiritual sense, what are we trying to burn away? The concept of ego. But here, the word tapa is used with respect to the Lord. What is the meaning? That in whose presence everybody feels the burn of it. And they are motivated to be doing their own jobs. So in Taitri Upanishad, it says that all these different natural forces, gods of natural forces, they function with the fear of that Paramatma. Bhishas madvatav pavate, bhishodeti suryaha, bhishasmad agnischa indrascha. So all these different gods that I mentioned in this mantra, bhishasmad, or the fear of the Lord, because he is that tapa. They function. And then at the end they say, Mrityur Dhavati Panchama Iti. That because of whom the entire universe is scared of, is Lord Death. That Lord Death runs far away when Paramatma is standing. Mrityur Dhavati Panchama Iti. Paramamyo Mahat Brahma. Mahaniyataya Mahat. 
Mahaniyataya, that which is bigger than the biggest. From what perspective are we talking? The entire world is made up of five elements. Earth, water, fire, air and space. And there is a sequencing to it. The reason we mention earth because it is the grossest. And as we move to the next element, they are subtler than the earlier one. How do we know the subtlety of these elements? Vyapakatvat. By their ability to expand and permeate. The mass of earth. Does it move anywhere? It follows the law of inertia completely. It stays in that position or motion unless until an external force is applied. Newton's law applied. That much alone it can permeate. Whereas liquid, water, what happens to it? It has a flow to it. It flows from higher to lower. The next one is fire. Fire spreads. Not just in two dimensions, but it also spreads in third dimension. If you take a flame, you turn it upside down, it still will burn upwardly. The third dimension gets added. And Vayu, it is all around. Four elements, we have seen their pervasiveness. And what is Akasha? What is space? That which permits everything to exist in. Wherever we are sitting at this moment, could we be sitting in that space if there was something else instead of us? We are sitting there because of the availability and that which provides that availability is called space. Avakashat Akashaha. So, all these four elements are encompassed in that space. It is that big. And yet it is that subtle that even in the eye of the needle, it exists. When we were back in India, to put the thread through the needle was such a chore. And sometimes watching our elderly try, it was fun. And then strike it against the light and then try to pierce it through. Many times it gives you the feeling that it has gone through. And then you hold the other side and the spin is still here and the thread is here. After coming here, I saw a little gadget. A thin uh, rectangular or a trapezoid kind of a shaped wire with a plastic you know, hold to it. It goes through that hole. 
the eye of the needle. And then it is big enough for you to push the thread through. And then pull it out. So when you pull it out, the thread also comes along effortlessly. The thread can get in and out of that particular needle because of that space. Being subtle, yet being so big that it can accommodate all these four elements is the Akasha. And that Akasha can be perceived only in the light of this consciousness. Therefore, Mahat Brahma. Brahma, Brahatvat. That because of which all the five elements can be perceived, interacted with, that conscious principle is called Mahat Brahma. And such supreme consciousness alone is worthy of taking shelter under. I am not mincing any words here or adding my meaning here. He has kept this final shelter beyond names and forms. You start with the name and form. But the final abode that that form is indicating, taking us, leading us to, is this final abode alone. So when people sit for meditation, and I say, Swamiji, I have this good feeling. Is it God? God is not a feeling. Feeling is of the mind. Oh, I see these lights in my meditation. Bring them, I will replace it in Chitrakoot. We need a lot of them. Because if you are seeing it, something other than you, something which is illumining you, then there is still that separateness. You have not reached that final abode. It is not an imagination. It is not a feeling. It is not a concept. But it is that final abode wherein all these things merge into Paramam Yafparayanam. The final abode, the greatest abode. And that should be the ultimate goal of every seeker. Nothing less than that. To merge into that Paramatma. Because if you recognize Paramatma as this is Paramatma, who are you who are recognizing that Paramatma? There are only two uh, two options here. Either that is not Paramatma. Because you are recognizing it. You are being conscious of it. You are other than it. 
And the second one, you have a problem in perception. <laughs> so his straight answer to what is the greatest abode that we should seek, seek shelter under, is is nothing less than that Parabrahma Paramatma himself. In this shloka, he doesn't mention any name. He says, the repetition of name of Vishnu, what is the ultimate purpose of it? To take us to this final abode. <clears throat> and then, here he answers the first question. Now, what is the first question? Kim ekam daivatam loke. In this world, who is that one God? So that is explained in this particular shloka. Repeat after me. Pavitranam pavitram yaha. Mangalanam cha mangalam. Daivatam devatanancha Bhutanam yovyayapita <coughs> Who is the Deva? Kimekam daivatam loke That one God even here he keeps, keeps it as that Paramatma alone Nirguna Nirakara he doesn't mention what does he say in answer Pavitranam Pavitram Yaha that which is purer than the purest Mangalanam Cha Mangalam that which is the most auspicious Mangalam the one who illumines all these different gods. That god, because of whose presence, these other gods have got an existence. The other gods here meaning the gods of these natural forces. Bhutanam of all these creatures, of all these beings in this world, in this cosmos, the one who is avyayaha pita, the imperishable father, the father of this universe. And this is one place where probably Bible and Vishnu Sahasrana meet. Because the entire Bible they talk about God as Father in the heaven. We also call him as Father. <clears throat> what do they mean when they say Pavitranam Pavitram Yaha? See, Pavitra, it comes with purity, chastity, cleanliness, 
all put together in one place. If you go to a hospital, especially in this country, are the hospitals clean? Two doctors here. Are the hospitals clean? I am asking the doctor that is why. But though the hospitals are clean, do you find that sanctity in there? They are clean. But the sanctity comes with your bhava in it. I can't talk about the doctors who treat their hospitals as their temple. They are clean. But that pavitrata, that, that sacredness. So here it is said, Tirthadinam pavitram pavananam. Purer than the purest of waters and the purest of tirtha. The kshetra, the place, and its influence on our minds is very obvious. <clears throat> there are these uh, you know, yatras that we do, pilgrimages that we do. So once we were in Chardham. So every single Sangama, Sangama, it's called Prayaga. Where two rivers come to form a third name. And finally, they all merge to become Gangaji. So, in each one of these prayagas, as we were going up, we got down and everybody took a sacred dip. As we were going up from Haridwar towards the Himalayas, I could observe a textural change in the interaction between all the yatris. Texturally different. Unprovoked, they would sing the name of the Lord. Uninitiated, they would seek satsang. And you could see that obvious changes. This was while up. As you were coming down, we had just reached the outskirts of Rishikesh, you know, coming out of that zone, out, coming out of that Kshetra and its Mahima. In these 13 days, never ever requested that day, special request as we are getting down. Swamiji, is it okay if we play Antyakshari? And you could see that kind of a drastic change. Until then it was bhajans and satsang and you know, queries and asking... And trying to know various kshetra and its stories. It just crossed Rishikesh. And the first thought that comes is, can we take, uh, can we start the Antyakshari? So, just to tease them, I said, only if you can do the Antyakshari of bhajans and shlokas. Uh, that is not Antyakshari. <laughs> And then we had the last prayaga to cover. By that time, they would refuse to take a bath. Is it okay that we just take water and sprinkle on our head? 
So you spend thousands to reach here and you are standing right in front of that prayaga once in a lifetime. And all that you want to do is just take water and sprinkle on your head. The mind starts working. And as it was going closer to this kshetra, you would find that the mind is connected. And suddenly it becomes disconnected. That is the prabhava, that is the impact of the pavitrata. That when you go to the temples, you would find yourself naturally that the mind has quieted. That is the impact of that pavitrata. Pavitranam, pavananam, tirthadinam, pavitram. <coughs> and in explaining this particular pavitrata, our Adi Shankaracharyaji has taken from various Itihasa, Purana, Smriti Granthas and the Upanishads. Remember, how old was he? Seven, seven and a half years old kid. And this kid, cross-referring to all these various scriptures, writes down his first commentary, first work with such excellence. <clears throat> so, in, in explaining that Pavitrata, he goes through Shruti, Smriti, Itihasa, Purana, Vachanai, Bhyaha. So, continuous paragraphs after paragraphs, there is so much of various aspects of uh, reference that he pulls in. And this is just for your amazement that when you look at his work, it's such a treat to read through it. Then the next word that he says is Pavitranam Pavitram Yaha Mangalanam Cha Mangalam. <clears throat> what is Mangalam? The absolute Mangala, auspicious, is Sampurna Sukham. Meaning completeness and the joy or the happiness born out of that completeness. Sampurna Sukham. And mangalam, meaning that which brings us the sadhana to reach to that sampurna sukham. Meaning mangalam, that which is paramananda lakshanam, that which is the expression of ananda, ananda bliss. Daivatam devatanamcha. Devanam Devaha. <clears throat> there are two explanations to this. One at a macrocosmic level and one at a microcosmic level. At a microcosmic level, each one of these organs are illumined by that particular Deva in that particular organ. All these Devas function, meaning all these Indriyas function. As long as there is that spark of life, that spark of life is called here as God Supreme. 
that conscious principle because of which there is life throbbing in here. That is called Paramatma. Daivatam Devatanancha. That is at microcosmic level. At a macrocosmic level, all these different lokas are a possibility in as the support of that Paramatma. That Paramatma alone is Ekam Devam. Whatever name you may call as. But it is that Paramatma alone. <clears throat> and then he says, Yaha Pita Janakaha. And since that Supreme Paramatma has created us all, what is our relation to that Paramatma? Tvameva Mata Acha Pita Tvameva. If you can even understand this depth of that statement, Pita. He is our mother, father and everything. You being a mother and father, how do you take care of your children? Do you neglect? Don't you take that extra responsibility to fend for them, take care of them? If he is our pita, if he is our mother, father and everything, would he abandon us? Can he abandon us? Now I will go to the next step. Dare he abandon us? It is my right to expect him to protect me. Why? He is my father and he better be protecting me. As your intensity of devotion grows, it is not an expectation, but it is understanding and taking that Lord for granted. Meaning with complete faith, you believe in that. That is when the true statement, in God we trust. Not just to put it on a print on the bill. But in true sense that you truly trust that Lord as your father. <clears throat> Tomorrow we will enter the thousand names after two shlokas. This was just the introduction as an answer to Yudhishthira's questions. There is still I think one question to be answered. That will be answered in two shlokas and then we will enter Vishnu Sahasranama. Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vasishyate Om Shant Shant Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om